Hi, welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's first question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Catherine wants to know, what's the one thing we'd want to do again for the first time? And that's in movies, and books, and music, and... and games, and just life experiences, and... So we decided to do all of those, Cause rather than just picking one. Why limit ourselves? Yeah. We're not very good at... We've got time. Yeah. If last week's podcast is any indication, we can blather on for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yep, 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 We don't even have to stop. Wasn't that a was that a Simpsons reference? Thirty five seconds in, was to it a Congress Congressman? I can't. we've got nothing but hot air. That's true. We can talk about anything forever. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I think that might have been a Simpsons reference. I'll give it to you. Knock it out of the way now, because we waited like an hour and thirty minutes in the last episode. Plus, yeah. congratulations are in order to you and I suppose to myself. The top 100 Simpsons episodes of all time, the finale, the top 10, came out this past Wednesday. Yep. So you can head to theguysfrom.com and check out the entire list, all 10 weeks of Dave and my work. It was a slog. It was? I mean, it was fun. It was really fun to do it, but it was a lot of work. Yes, it was. The last 10 took so long. Well, as I texted to Sean... I think it was the when I was doing my last group, my, uh, twenty to eleven. Yeah, I said it's the 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 better the episodes get, the more I write about them and the more highlights there are because they're better. They're better. Yeah. And so I want to write more, and the reason why they're that high on the list is because they're that good, and there's all those reasons why they deserve to be that high on the list. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh my god, it was. It was a process. It was a process. Something I'm glad we've done. Yeah. And... It will be up there forever. Well, so, until the website crashes again. Won't happen. Perfect. No, I'm... So, I, I, I have a lot more faith in Squarespace than I did with that other... Yeah. ...web host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The host that shall not be named. Mostly because I can't remember who they are, but... That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they still email me, like, once a week. Here's a deal offer. And I just giggle and delete it. <laughs> We're yeah, happy now. Mm-hmm. We have good content management. Yeah. Good content management finding. That's my first experience. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump back into that. So how do you want to yeah. do this? Uh, do you want to go... So, and because Sean and I can't, you know, condense things that easily, not only did we do all the categories, yeah. but in most categories we did two of each because why limit ourselves to just one? Yeah. So we okay. have two books, two movies, two games, two experiences, and then we have an album and a song. Right. Right? Yes. Okay. Where are you the least comfortable? I'm pretty good everywhere. Screw it. Let's start with books. Okay. My first one is A Thousand, a Thousand Splendid Sons. Okay. Sure. I can't remember who wrote it. Same that guy would who wrote a good well, thing to look at. It's written by the same guy who wrote The Kite Runner, uh, Khaled Hosseini. I don't know how to pronounce that because... Okay. Anyway, it's... Uh, my cousin's fiance, I guess at that point they were just dating. Uh, she was one who told me to read it. Right. And so I just I was like, okay, this sounds like something you know. Chelsea and I have pretty similar tastes in books. I'll I'll get in on this. That that sounds fine. And I I I couldn't put it down. Cool. I loved the book. Uh, by the end of it, I was just I was just a puddle. I was a wreck. I don't often cry in books. What's it about? 
Uh, it's about Afghanistan. You follow basically two different women from about 1970 all the way through till kind of right around the end of, uh, like, right as the Taliban took over in, in okay. the mid-2000s. Yeah. Uh, so you follow two different characters kind of through their lives and just one has a, you know, one ends up being married to a guy. He's, you know, he's got a couple different wives or he's got at least one different wife. And, and the other one, she, you know, she loses her mother fairly early on in the book. And, like, there's just a lot of... So you kind of follow these two characters and they're, eventually their lives kind of work together. And, and, of course, And, yeah. uh, you know, the, so by the end of it, there's a very happy ending and a very sad ending for kind of the, I'm not going to say anything beyond that, but as I was reading it and when I got to the end, I was just a mess. Right. And I feel like it's one of those books where now that I know how it's, how it's ended, I probably wouldn't be quite as emotional. Or would you read it again? Cause you could never copy the way it felt the first time you read it. And that's kind of like I haven't picked it up since uh, Theater Calgary is doing a, a production of it this year oh and I'm gonna go see it yeah sure because I'm curious to see how it is on stage but it's uh, I'm not sure I would ever read it just because it was so emotionally draining I mean maybe 10 years from now when I haven't seen it when I haven't read it for a while and, right. and you know I would still I would still probably have some of the memories yep. but it would be at least a lot of it would still be kind of new again because it's been 10 years right but I just don't think, yeah, maybe I, maybe I won't. It, it certainly wouldn't be something uh, that I would do soon because it's still too recent, and also yeah. just because I, I do remember how it ends. So sometimes, like sometimes, I'll read books and be like, "Have I read this? I own it. That looks like somewhere where I would dog ear this. I don't remember any of this." <laughs> anyway, so that, well. that's yeah. So maybe that would be this be the case. So I don't know, but uh, it's been a while since I picked it up and. Right. It'll be certainly be a while longer, but I would love to be able to experience it again for the first time, not knowing what I'm going into. Of course. Cool. Do you want me to do my second one, or are you doing? Are we going back and forth here? Uh, my first one is "If on a Winter's Night," a traveler by Italo Calvino. Okay. It's my favorite book. It is a book about you reading "If on a Winter's Night," a traveler. Okay. <laughs> I won't describe it beyond that. So is it kind of meta? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's literally about you, you, everyone listening, and Dave, reading the book in your hand. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know that, like, that that logic is so hard to wrap my head around, but it sounds kind of cool. Yep. Okay. And it shifts between where you're, how you're trying to finish If on a, Winter, if on a Winter's Night a Traveler, but okay. things keep happening. Interesting. Is there, on one of our, in, in, in our old uh, sketches, is there references to that somewhere? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I feel like... There's a reference. One of our episodes episode was titles. Yeah, okay. One of the chapter titles. That's what I thought. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, I know I've heard about this book. We also did in the Lost Podcasts our top ten novels, and this would have been my number one. Right. Okay. That's so. fair. We can do it again because of the last episodes. Woo! My second book, it's actually a part of an overarching book. Like it's it's part of the different series or different season series by Stephen King. Okay. Um, but it's the one short story in particular, and it's Apt Pupil. Ah, uh, yep. Because of the way Apt Pupil ends, and I'm not going to say anything because if you haven't read it, I highly recommend you pick up different seasons. 
if nothing else. Like, the other th- three short stories are good. Right. But Apt Pupil was my favorite. Okay. And the ending of Apt Pupil, the novel, is drastically different than the ending of the movie. Now, I remember you telling me about this a lot, because I've never read it, mm-hmm. but I've definitely watched the movie. And the movie I found so lame. It was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I like Apt Pupil. But the book was so good. I remember finishing it. I remember getting to that, like, it's basically the last two sentences, or, like, the last, certainly the last two pages. Right. And I, I read through it, and I kind of sat there, and I went back and read those last two pages again because I was just like – it was so well written and just so unexpected. I was like, yeah, wow, that was cool. So now I've reread different seasons a couple times sure. since, and I still enjoy reading it, but not – but I know how it ends. Yeah. And I will always know how it ends. So even like – so this isn't one where I have to wait 10 years because I will always remember how this book ends. I know I'm going to finish If on a Winter's Night a Traveler, so I know how it's going to end. I'm going to finish it. Right. But. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you still, it's still worth picking up. And that's why To Kill a Mockingbird isn't on this list. Yeah. Because every two years. Does it matter that you know it? No. And exactly. that's exactly, like, spoilers, Alien is not on my film list. Sure. Because I don't want to see it for the first time again. Every time I watch it, I appreciate it for something different. Sure. So that's yeah. not going to be the same, right? Yeah. So, yeah. No. My second book is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the okay. whole thing. I wish I could go back and reread it for the first time again. And yeah. I will reread it. I reread it not super frequently mm-hmm. because I have the full collection. So when I'm like, okay, I'm going to read it, it's not just the first one. I read all the books. Right. So it's an undertaking. It is. Okay. But it's just, it's so funny and it's so awesome. And it's, yeah, it meant so much to me when I read it the first time. Right. To go back and feel that again would mm-hmm. be awesome. Okay. And it's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Do I have to explain it again? It's about a human dent. Arthur Dent traveling around the galaxy right with his friend Ford the guy who named himself after what he thought was the dominant species of the planet the Ford prefect amazing yeah so yeah. that's that would be my other novel, okay just cuz there's something about that and there's something about comedy books that is just like okay I know the jokes I can still appreciate them but not knowing them makes it so much better yeah, so I I understand that maybe not so much as far as books, but as far as movies go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, let's do experiences next. Okay. Uh I'm going alphabetically. Oh, nice! I like it because we don't really have a choice. Like, oh man, this one's the hardest. Like when we did last week's, what we're up to. You don't play a lot of games, so yeah. it's just like let's get this out of the way, then we'll get to the other totally. ones. Totally. Yeah. Um. Although technically, if we were going alphabetically, we should have gone with album first. Uh, um, music is M. Oh, right. We're splitting it up as music, not album. And... Right. Great. Cool. Well, then, never mind. <laughs> Shut my big mouth. Uh, okay, my first one is my first ever goal in hockey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's still cool to score a goal when you're when you're playing hockey. And, like, you know, I, I towards the end of last season, I potted a few that were kind of crucial cr- crucial goals. But, like, sure. I'm, I'm 30 at that point. I was 32. And, you know, it's still like, all right, I scored. But when you're six years old and and you're you're playing hockey for the first time and you score that first goal you see that puck go in it's there's something about that there's something about that that i i really 
it's just it's the the luster wears off after a while, and it's just kind of part of the thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, that first time you do it, it's such a novel experience, and you know, you get it past the opposing goalie, and there's just something so elating about that. Sure. Yeah. So so that like this one was actually probably one of my easier categories was my first experience, and that would be uh, that would definitely be my first one. I never really thought about that, but most of the like the competitive sports I played, like basketball, right. like making your first basket, cool, but I'm going to score like eight more that day. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, sure. no, that makes sense. Throwing a first touchdown, catching a first touchdown, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But sure. Uh, my first one is the first time I DJ'd a set alone. Oh, okay. There is something about... <clears throat> excuse me. There's something about... Just getting that crowd energy and figuring out and learning to read a crowd by yourself and starting right. to get your set rolling and going through all of the like the process of being like, I know music and I know this and I can make an entire room happy for the next four or five hours. Yeah. After that first day was just a blur and buzz. It was just amazing. Yeah. So that. Cool. Okay, I'm calling an audible on my second experience. Sure. Because what you just said kind of reminded me, I would say my first standing ovation. Okay, sure. Originally, it was going to be my first paycheck because that was a really cool experience. <laughs> I had and that like, on my short list. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that was it's just like, great. now I'm just desperate for a paycheck. Whereas <laughs> yeah. then it's just like, this is so cool. I'm kind of an adult. <laughs> I can buy all the candy I need. Exactly. Whereas now it's like, I need to pay for things. <laughs> Where's my check? Yeah. So it's not nearly, but your first standing ovation is just, that's the sign that you've done a great performance. Yep. It's it's been universally well received by an audience and just there's something so satisfying about that and like I have performed a bunch of different times in a bunch of different scenarios and there's no high like the adrenaline rush you feel when you come off stage having done something so well yeah and when you come off stage and they've given you a standing ovation I'm not sure there's an experience like that and I there think isn't. and I think even still when you when you get a standing ovation it's still pretty cool but that first time when you're standing there taking your curtain call and you see people get to their feet it's just yep what a cool cool feeling yep so that's that's my audible that's my that's my second one you would have been okay because that was my second one what's that your first standing ovation yeah come on was st- fair How but like what was I an actor for what, what yeah like yeah yeah well that's yeah. cool uh, so I can also call an audible then, and I'll go with the first time I went to a, a different country. Okay. The first time I was in Mexico. Okay. I'm not going to count the U.S., because technically the U.S. was first, but it, like, Washington State feels like British Columbia, feels like Alberta, feels sure. like Montana. Yeah. Did you guys drive to Washington State? Yeah. And that's the other thing, is you're driving... Calgary International there. Airport to Cancun right. is way different. Yeah. Way different. <laughs> But yeah, just like being somewhere else and eating different foods and it's 35 degrees and there's an ocean and I can go snorkeling and there's fish I've never seen before. Like all of that was almost too much at once, but at the same time was just great. So was that your first time on a plane? Um, I think so. Okay. Cause there's no, no, there was a little, a little hopper up from like Edmonton to Grand Prairie or something like that. But this was my first like international big giant plane trip. Right. Cause I would, I would also contest that your first time on a plane could also be like, now it's just when I'm on a plane, I love flying because it means that I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Often I'm either flying somewhere cool or after a long 
time traveling somewhere cool, I'm coming home to my own bed and my dog and whatever yeah. I've left behind. And your podcast. And my podcast, which is clearly the number one. <laughs> well, I wasn't implying that, but it's just like <laughs> bed, dog, job, friends, podcast, hang yeah. out with me. All these, yeah, all these... back to just fun stuff. Yeah, all the, all the good things that you leave behind when you go traveling. Yep. So I like flying, but now it's just like the process of getting to the airport and then you wait in line and then you get on the plane and it's just like it's a means to an end yep whereas the first time I flew was in grade 9 and flying from Edmonton to we flew from Edmonton to Ottawa and just stayed on literally stayed on the plane and then flew from Ottawa to Montreal okay but that was the first time since I was 8 months old that I flew anywhere so it was the first time I remember being on a plane like I was just so excited to fly yep and, and that was the Calgary to Cancun. The yeah. same thing where it's just like, oh man, this is going to be great. And then the next year it was the school trip to Florida. Right. Which was, sorry about whatever that... Uh, Jackass on a motorcycle is doing. Yeah. Nothing we can do about that. No. And he just keeps sputtering. Like, what a... Anyway. Like, in our parking lot. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's... First time on a plane, pretty cool. But you're right, now it's like, I also worked for a little while as a film courier, just as one of my random jobs. And that was four plane trips back and forth from Toronto to Calgary twice in 36 hours. (gasps) Oh yeah, it was an experience and a half. Yeah. It was free, like I don't have to pay for anything. I'm basically just taking footage to Technicolor, Mm -hmm. but oh man. Yeah. It, it, that would remind me of the like the kind of the opening scenes from Fight Club when Edward Norton is flying from place to place and just single know, serving friends. Yeah, you oh, don't yeah. know where you where you are and you just kind of like a zombie and Pretty it just much. sounds awful. Stumble out of Pearson, look for a car, be like, "Hi, I need to go to this address. Then I need you to wait there for five minutes. Take me back to Pearson. Then I have a four hour layover." Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Film is next. Film is next. Okay, my one of my first ones, and I when I when you were talking about comedy books, this is why stand up comedy is the same to me. And where once you know the jokes, you kind of yeah. Eventually, it's just like okay, well, I know it's coming. You still appreciate it, but it's not as good as the first time. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Okay, I remember watching that for the first time when I was in my first year of university, and I howled. Yeah, and I just <laughs> like I was. Which one's Delirious? What's he wearing? I've seen them all, but is that uh, the red leather or is that the purple black leather? That's the purple black leather, Kay. I think. I think he's wearing think the red raw leather is and red. raw. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and it's good and he's got like he does his whole bit on his uncle and then he does his drunk dad for like an, a half hour yeah. and there are some phenomenal moments in that movie or in that that film, I guess. And yeah. And I still, like, even now, I'll watch it every now and then and, and really enjoy it. But nothing beats that first time. Like, I'm not in the stitches that I was the first time I saw it. No, and that's fair. And I, I think that's the same with a lot of comedies. It's the first time you see it. It's so funny. But after a while, like, the jokes are the same. And, yeah. And nothing changes. Where there's some movies where every time you see it, something new comes out. Yep, exactly. Like you said with Alien. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So Eddie Murphy Delirious, that's my first one. Just because it it's lost its... its the humor is still there. It's just when you've seen it twenty times, it's not nearly it, as exciting as same, it was. Yeah, but it's still enjoyable. Exactly, I get that. I don't dislike it. It's just it's not the it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my first one is Star Wars. Okay, come on. 
sure. for how important Star Wars is to me and was to me as a kid. Yeah. Through now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. To see, be able to see Star Wars and to have my mind blown like that again for the first time would be just amazing. I get that. For me, Star Wars, like we like we've established many times, wasn't a big thing growing up, and so I've yeah. I've become more of a Star Wars fan as I get older. Yeah. Whereas I my, saw it when I was six. Yeah. Yeah. Right at that perfect age, like my yep. nephew is five. Well, he's six now, but he was five when he when he saw A New Hope for the first time. Yep. And he hasn't watched Empire or Jedi yet, but it's coming. Like they, oh, yeah. he and his dad are going to watch it at some point, and James loves Star Wars. And Empire's like, a little dark. Yeah, so you have to work your way. That, well, sure. I don't know what he's like. No, right? I, so you I have understand. to think about like, that. I think he has to watch it with his dad because it oh, yeah. is a little dark, and yeah. like it's just it's not quite as pleasant, I guess, as a new hope. It's not a sweeping and like super happy at the end. There's no, there is no happy ending. It ends in Empire. on a, like the biggest downer. Yeah. Oh, everything's over. Yeah. Awesome. But then you know, then you get Jedi, and for somebody who's six years old, you get the you get the, the Ewoks, Ewoks and. Like, nice way to kind of bookend it so yeah so i can understand why star wars is on your list my number two is lord of the rings yeah fellowship and it's i remember where i was the first time i watched it and i would like to experience it again for the first time but see it in a theater and see it the way it should have been seen the way it should have been seen instead of on a laptop in somebody's residence dorm yeah so it's like 11 maybe 17 inch screen depending if you went to the fancy kids dorm room or not yeah exactly so it was just like, that's not the way it should have been seen, but that's no. the way it had to because that was the only way possible because by the time I, I was ready to watch it, it was already on DVD. Yeah. And so and I didn't have the... Because it was, you were going, everyone on the floor, not everyone, but the floor was going to go see Two Towers, right? Yeah, I think it was still a couple weeks away. I think they were looking at getting tickets and they're like, yeah. Dave, do you want to come? And I started, once again, I made fun of Fellowship and they're like, have you even seen it? I said, No. And so like, okay, well, you can't make fun of it until you've seen it. So I was like, fine, we'll watch it. And my mind was blown, and I was an instant convert. Yep. And so I just... Four hours later. Four hours later. <laughs> so I feel like I should... I would love to have that opportunity to go in, not like the dumbass 19-year-old I was, and thinking yeah. I'm just going to hate it, actually go in with an open mind and seeing it in the theater, and yep. then like just loving this this movie for yep. what it is. So that 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 one was an easy one for me too. No, that's fair. Mm-hmm. My second one is Paprika. Okay. Which is an anime film that I expected practically nothing of, mm-hmm. but was going. My uncle was like, "Do you want to go see a movie?" And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "We're gonna go see Paprika. I've right. heard some good things." I'm like, "All right, sure." And that's basically how I watch any movie. Right. And it was amazing. It's in my top ten. It yeah, will forever be in my top ten. Mentioned it. Yeah. It's a movie about movies and about dream terrorism and about surrealism. And it's just all of this stuff happens all at once. And I can still watch it. I can still love it. It it doesn't fall apart after seeing it the first time. But seeing it the first time with my uncle in a small little theater with like 20 other people who all kind of walked out shell-shocked and amazed. Right. There was – that's one of my favorite movie-going experiences ever. Cool. So I'd okay. love to be able to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Game next? Game's next. Okay. Gotta go with the obvious conflict Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, you talk about that game so much. Well, it's the one that's had the most impact on me because yeah. I bought it unexpecting 
or unexpected, like not expecting anything. We went to a blockbuster. We went into the cheap game section. Yeah. We're like, let's find something that we can play together, a co-op game. Don't yeah. care what it is. And oh, you grab it's that. a military game. Cool. And it just, it was, I mean, we've never finished it because it was so hard <laughs> and it was so good. Yeah. And just, it was like, I almost had PTSD from playing the damn game. Yeah. And so it was just, it was a, a really... We all kind of did. Yeah. Because we played it for seven or so hours and yeah. then stumbled to our beds yeah. and went, okay, I I need a few minutes to just like, <laughs> I'm seeing flashes and I'm, nope, we need to sit. That damn tank is chasing us in my, like, I, I close my eyes and that tank is there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh... It was just, it was a great random purchase. And so, yeah, that was. I would love to be able to play that for the first time with that just being that completely naive as to what we were about yep. to embark on. And in that group again, yep. having the four of us so it, when it was too much, we could just hand it off. You, Derek, me. AJ. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because it was when I was living with you guys. It was, yeah. And, and uh, AJ was over just to hang out. Yeah, okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something. <laughs> First one for me is Final Fantasy VI, okay. which is Final Fantasy III, but we won't get into semantics. Started my love of role-playing games, okay, and that stuck with me forever. It's the first game that had an epically long story, something that I really sunk into for hours on end. Because it wasn't just Mario and Ninja Turtles and all that sort of stuff, where it was, okay, platforming, I'm jumping here to here to yeah. here. This had dialogue, this had choices, this had... What do I do? It was turn-based combat. Right. I was showing Dave some South Park stick of truth when he got here. And it's just, it was that, and learning this whole new system and learning this new way that that games could be Mm -hmm. meant so much to me at that time. And now it's just, I still play games to relax. So, yeah. Cool. Meant a whole lot. Nice. Uh, My second was the original Mario Brothers. Okay, sure. I was kind of, the original Nintendo Entertainment System came out what, like, 84 or something like that? Something. Early 80s. So before, like, I was I was born, but not quite cognizant of what was happening yet. But yeah. But when they were kind of more marketable in North America, I had a bunch of friends who got them, and I didn't ever have one. And just going to my friend's house and, and playing Mario Brothers for the first time and, like, playing video games for the first time. And yep. Just everything about it was so new and foreign to me. Yeah. And Mario Brothers was and is, to this day, one of my favorite games. Yep. And I it was seem just... to remember that from our Retro Games Lost podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's just something about that one particular game, just because that was kind of what set me... I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be a full-time gamer, even though that wasn't really a term at the time. Right. Because... I don't have a Nintendo myself, but when I played, this is the one I want to play. And it's just that first time it was an eye-opening experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second for me is The Last of Us. Okay. Which actually isn't that old. That came out in 2011? Okay. 12? 13? (laughs) So within the last five or six years. Super recent. Yeah. Yeah. That is... It's a game that... I think it took 15 hours or so, and I finished in 30. Okay. Within a day, like, I downloaded it, and then it was done by that, the end of that weekend. Good lord. That is the only time that's ever happened. It was a story that I got so invested in, and a world that I got so invested in, that I couldn't sleep. 
because I was thinking about what was going to happen after where I had stopped. So I, I think I got up at five and started at five and played it until I was finished. Really? Yeah. I had the day off, thankfully. Sure. So I didn't, so I was thinking about that too. I'm just like, okay, I'm not sleeping. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And did. Just to Nev- get it done. Yeah. Wow. But it wasn't because I felt like I had to finish it. It was because I couldn't wait. Yeah. I physically couldn't wait to find out what happened after this point. So that The Last of Us is... Yeah. So this is on your list because you've played it and now you know what comes after and everything. And you would like to relive it again to have that, that, that rush feeling. of like... Yep. I, I, I can't even sleep because I want to know what's going to happen. But yep. now it's like... Now I know what's going to happen. So if I was to replay it, because they re-released it for PS4. This was a PS3 game. Okay. They re-released it for PS4. So if it was on sale for like 10 bucks, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I wouldn't have that same feeling again because I know what's coming and I right. know the story. So it's I'd just be replaying one of my favorite games of all time. Sure. Right. But that, I've never had anything before that or since where I physically couldn't stop thinking about it. Cool. Okay. So yeah. I figured this would be the best way to end it. Yeah. Would be music. Yeah. Just because we can talk about it the least. Well, no, we can talk about it, but you almost have to hear some of it for it to make the most sense. Yeah. And we can't put music, blah, 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 or else this entire thing would have been underscored by Foreigner because feels like the first time has to be underneath this. Totally. Feels like the very first time. Yep. Guess what's going to be in Dave's head for the rest of the day? Oh, you're such an ass. My album or song? What's alphabetical? Okay, that's what I thought. My album is 10 by Pearl Jam. Okay, sure. I figured it would be. There was a lot of Pearl Jam potentially on here. Yeah. But this is the only one. This is the only one because I remember hearing it and just, it was such a life-changing experience. Sure. Like, I had heard Jeremy before and I'm sure I'd heard Alive and even Flow, but I hadn't really pieced together who this was and that was all in the same album. I remember the first time I bought it at West Edmonton Mall, and we listened to it on the way home, and it all just kind of went click. Yep. And while it is one of my favorite albums of all time, probably still my favorite album of all time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't spoil that list that'll be on theguysfrom.com at some point in the future. Well, spoilers for when that happens. <laughs> for 2018. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's it. I still love listening to it, but it right. doesn't have that same impact it's not as it did. you the same way yeah yeah because now you know what it is yeah exactly yeah. now i mean there's different ways to experience it and like you can sure. put headphones on and try and hear the different parts of the music and yep. it's just but it's just it's not the same as that that first time where it just kind of floors you that this is pearl jam yeah sure so yeah that's my that's my album i cheated a little bit on album okay. specifically because i felt like the first time i started hearing edm was very electronic dance music the first time i started hearing house and okay. chill and techno and all of that sort of stuff made such an impact on me in my life right that to not have that here is probably a mistake sure okay <laughs> because especially the way i consume music versus the way you consume music mm-hmm. because of stuff like tuesday tunes and that yep. but that's the way i've always done it is i'm always grabbing what's new when i grab the albums and i listen to them and i love them but i'm always being like okay well what's here's a new release from them here's mm-hmm. a new release from them i'm always doing that but that those first times when I'm hearing Paul Oakenfold and DJ Sammy and DJ Heaven and all of that. Now, do I still listen to a lot of the stuff that I listened to early? No, mm-hmm. not at all. But what it meant to me long term 
is so important. Right. So okay, that's fair. Yeah. I, I I can't begrudge you that. And also, how do you pick an EDM album? Because sure. it's all about singles, and it's all about this was played and then blended into this, but this isn't on the same album. Like yeah. I could do State of Trance, but those didn't come out till later, and all that. So right. Yeah. Song. Uh, song. My first. My my song pick is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, sure. It's one of those songs where I love the song still, but I find that I've heard it so often and it's become so ubiquitous. Yes. People that, talk about Queen, they usually mean Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. And, you know, every wedding that I go to, every Smith wedding that I go to, and every Smith family function that I go to, that song always gets played. Of course. Which is great, but. I find that if I'm listening to my iPod on shuffle and that song comes on, I'll probably skip it because I've heard it so often and it is so overplayed and it's just not overplayed. It's just overhyped maybe. You know it so well at this point to go through the five and a half minutes. Whatever it is, yeah. So it's it's a tough one. I really enjoy that song, but the first time I heard it and like to – being the music fan that I am, having such an appreciation for Freddie Mercury and Queen – right. To be able to, at this point in my life, go back in time with all the knowledge and everything I know about music and, like, put that on a pair of, like, good pair of headphones yep. and hear that song for the first time, I almost feel like I'd probably be in tears because it is just such a powerful, beautiful song. Right. So I really like the song, but I I, I would love to experience it again from the first time. Yeah, Whereas, sure. like, my other choice is going to be The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel, but oh, yeah. every time I hear that song, like, it doesn't... It doesn't any, affect no, the... No, I yeah. still love it as much today as I did 10 years ago. Sure. So, yeah, that's my song. My song is Girl by Beck. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because that's what really started my love affair with Beck. Yeah. I went backwards from there, then I went forwards, and I listened to so much Beck mm-hmm. because of Girl. Yeah. I just... Yeah. That would have been summer of 2006? Yeah. Yeah. That's when Guero came out. Yeah. So, and that's... And again, like we talked about in the last section, the way I consume music, my fondness for Beck and my having all of Beck's albums and just going back and listening to Girl and that sort of stuff is so rare for me. The fact that he has stuck with me Mm -hmm. this entire time for now a decade is something that hasn't happened to me ever. Right. So... And that's all because of this one song. Yeah. But to go back and to hear that weird eight bit and then like I still don't know what he's saying in the chorus. No. And if you look at the lyrics, he specifically set it up that you don't know what he's saying in the chorus. And I don't care. No. I love that song. It yeah. was my ringtone for years. And I still like I never <laughs> got tired of it. So Yeah, it's it's uh Well and I remember when Kevin Smith came through town. Like that's a testament to how much you love that song is because when Kevin Smith came to town years ago, yep. his uh, ringtone was More Than a Feeling by Boston. Yeah. And I remember him saying to the audience, if you ever want to hate a song, make it your ringtone. Right. And you had, I remember you had that song for years. Yeah. And. Nope. Still love it. Yeah. Yeah. So when that do, is. When we do our top 100 songs of all time, which we will do at some point. Yeah. Because it has been asked for and like top 10 songs and all that. We're going to do a top 100 and we're going to do basically what we did with The Simpsons at some cool. point. I am sure Girl will be top five. Makes Still. Sense. And yeah. I had it as a ringtone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Our next question. Only 36 minutes? Yeah, we're... I think we exhausted ourselves last 
week, yeah. so we're we're sticking on topic a bit. Yeah. Also, this has just been a it's a good topic to actually just foster going through it and just totally. a quick. Yep. So, anyway, mm-hmm. our second question brought to you by Hydrovented Biochemicals Incorporated. Hydrovented Biochemicals provide amalgamated business solutions for the future happiness of mankind. Their latest development, recessilated pork-like meatworks, provides meat-like textures to your latest chemical compounds. Making a new lotion? Why not have it feel like fluid bacon? That's Hydrovented Biochemicals Incorporated. We put the friend into biochemical friend solutions. And we're back. Woo. Today's second question comes to us via at Sean Court. Wow. I know. It's just... Someday someone will tweet Dave. We will celebrate for five whole minutes. About Pop the somebody, champagne. Somebody tweeting at Dave. Or the champagne. Ooh, champagne. Maybe it's the champagne talking. Anyway, Kristen has asked us... Is the internet ruining everything? As soon as I saw it, I'm just like, yep, Dave wants this one. So as soon as we didn't have a time specific, I'm just like, okay, this is a here's an option. Yes. Yes. See ya. <laughs> Short answer, yes, with a but. Long answer, no, with an if. Uh, it's it, ruined politics. Yeah. Easily. Politics are screwed. I'll be writing, I had an article up on the old website, so I'm going to rework it probably closer to the, to the American election, okay. uh, where I talked about how social media's effect on politics and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tie it into that, as I know you, the first thing you didn't want to talk about on this topic was politics, but let's be fair, yeah. No, it has, and I mean, I, I don't want to say, it's, it's an unfair blanket statement to say that the internet has ruined everything. Yeah. But there are some things where I feel like the internet has helped, but yes, it's just... for sure. Politics, it certainly has not helped. No, it is, it's ruined. Yeah. Yeah. It's at least ruined this method. I mean, there's... it's The problem is it, that the political system is so set in its ways yeah. that it doesn't really feel like... It doesn't... It can't change easily. No, it cannot. No, it won't. And it won't. And as a result, we are stuck with... What we're getting. What we're getting. Yeah. And it's just going from bad to worse. Yeah. Oh, man. We can't have free speech without being able to accept the fact that there is going to be a a twist to conservatism, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's just that free speech you then start narrowing, right? So it's going to happen. The problem is, is because when you're interfacing with something that's not a person, it's so much easier to just be like, you're crazy, rather than figuring out what's actually going on. Right. So politics are screwed. Politics are screwed. Um, what's a good thing? What's a good thing? Well, I mean... We'll, we'll go back and forth. Sure. That way it's... The global reach has been... Like, it's just, it's remarkable, right? Like, yeah. especially with the advent of social media, Facebook, Twitter, like, I've, I've, I've gotten friends through social media, like, uh, my, our, my friend Joe, who sometimes listens, but definitely is a, like... Oh, yeah, the Detroit Yeah, he Atlanta? lives in Florida. Yeah, he lives yeah. in Florida now, but okay. via Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. Hi, Joe, if you're listening. Hello. Send us a question. Yeah. No, we- <laughs> send Dave a question. <laughs> If go. he tweets me, it'll be the... <laughs> like, be that's the end of days. Yeah. God damn it, Joe. 
we we started following each other on Twitter, and then as a result, have met at shows. And yeah, I mean, we don't see each other a lot, but we were able to connect because of the internet. My friend Catherine from Australia, if it wasn't for Facebook, we probably would have lost contact with each other. My friends that went to L.A. to make movies. I, there's no way I'd keep in touch with them if it wasn't for social media. Yeah, and you yeah. may not, like, you might not message them all the time. No. But just to keep tabs on them and to see how they're doing and every now and then be like, hey, was th- saw something, thought about you. Yep. I miss you, Remember whatever. when we did this? Miss yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I have so many connections through the world because of... Facebook. Yep. That it is it has been a wonderful thing and has brought this small world even smaller. Yeah. Which so, is nice. Which is nice. I mean, sometimes it's kind of weird and confusing, but a lot of the time it's just like, you know what? This is a cool thing. Yeah. And so I would say that the that its ability to keep people together despite the fact that everybody being on their phones is kind of alienating, it's it is. still it's it's good for keeping people that you can't talk to in person in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say that that's one of the advantages of... So it hasn't ruined that, no. per se, keeping in touch with people. No. It's also made setting up events easier. Absolutely. It used to be so hard. Now, admittedly, because of our schedules, we don't go out for... like, Hey, let's all go out for drinks. When we were all together all the time anyway, it was super easy. Sure. But now it's like, hey, I've got this on this date. I'm going to send you an invite. Yeah. Now, does everyone read those? No. I skip most of them because it's just like, okay, Come to my great. show. Come to my thing. Come come to the... Like, yeah. yeah. But I know what's going on. It's like, I have a free night. What What is everybody doing? What's yeah. like, what is the show? Is there a birthday party? Whatever. It's all listed there. And it's just like, great. Okay. I know what's actually happening. Whereas mm-hmm. before it's just like, okay, well, I'll phone people and see, hey, what's up? Oh, we're going to this today. Oh, yeah, I forgot. All yeah. right. Well, I'll be there in two hours. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's. It, it, I, I agree. Now, are we counting email as far as internet goes? Oh yeah, internet's internet. Okay. Because another advantage, because I was thinking about email as far as e- it, you know invites and everything, and you could bulk yeah. e- e- mass email people. How would I find out about Wang pills, Dave? That is true. They didn't mail me. That is true. <laughs> Uh, extends with the Z. Was oh, that yeah. one of them? I yeah. Think that was one of extends. them. Extends. What I was going to say is it has made working cross country easier, too. Particularly oh, in my field as a designer. Mine, too. Absolutely. <laughs> yours, too. Writing an ID? Yes. Sure. And just thinking about like 20, 30 years ago when, when you were doing the design, if you were doing a design on the other side of the country, you had to talk to the director over the phone and then basically sketch something and mail it to them. Yeah. Whereas now, and I mean, even 10, 20 years ago, it was, you could, you could draw something up and fax it or maybe scan it and email it to them. Whereas now it's like, I can, I can draw something online, attach it, put it in the email as an attachment, off it goes. We can have a design, we can, and with Skype, you can have a face-to-face design meeting. Yeah. From Victoria to St. John's. Yep. Like as far as you could possibly be on this in this country and basically like sit and look at each other like you and I are looking at each other right now. Right. I can sketch something up, show it to the screen and go, okay, yeah, that looks yeah. good. Change this, change that. It just, it is made. I don't like that color. Do you have a darker blue? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah it has made that ability to, to work faster. You don't have to start the design process 
six months in advance because you're shipping things back and forth. You can do it yeah. when you need to and then just, you know, that that way it's made life a little bit more convenient as far as... I have orders from St. Petersburg, Florida. There you go, yeah. I couldn't do any of the horror stuff. Yeah. If it wasn't for the internet. Yeah. Like, I just, I couldn't. I'd have to have my own here, I yeah. guess, where there's no horror community. Yeah. Like, there's a small one. There's horror con a couple days, but... It's not like it is in the States, and there's not the news coverage, and there's not all that stuff here. So, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. However, with all of that, it means you don't have to go out. It's You've true. You've been talking about how you, like, you're making an effort to go see people. Mm-hmm. My schedule screwed me over sure. completely for this sort of thing. And, like, I would, but I usually work evenings, so right. meh. But there isn't that same, like, oh, man, we're going to go and we're going to hang out. And we're going to sit on the couch and we're going to pass the controller around and we're going to play Conflict Vietnam. Sure. Now you have a PS4. You could be sitting with your dog in like your underpants and I could be sitting here and we're playing together over headset talking. Yeah. But we're not actually in the same place. We're not handing the controller back and forth. Yeah, you're not you're not ordering a pizza and splitting the, the pizza and just nope. buying a six pack and just, I mean, yeah, I could order pizza and I could drink a three beer at home but it's not the same it's not no there's like when we played video games together it was a social aspect yeah and I mean yes we could talk to each other over the over the headsets and everything which is still kind of cool but it's not as like sure you can still be social that way but you're not there, it's not the same sort of social there's it's something not. about being in the company of somebody else yep yeah one of the things that I will say is it has made people less accountable yeah. for their actions or their their comments. For their comments, yes. For their actions, no. Because I'm thinking about pictures showing up on Facebook that they are then accountable for. Sure. Yeah, and when I said their actions, it was like, no. What I meant is their comments. Oh, yeah. You can hide behind anonymity. Yeah. You yeah. look at the YouTube... Well, I mean... I almost much- said an enemy. And I'm like, <laughs> you could hide behind your anemone. Well, I guess Everyone has an internet problem. anemone, yeah. Yeah, and you just you put go. it in front of you. Yeah, obviously. That was me at the party. Look, it's an anemone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you look at YouTube or, I mean, I, I'll read, <laughs> people will post something and then they'll say, don't read the comments because it'll make your heart hurt. I'm like, well, yeah. now I have to read the comments. Ah, oh, but your heart's going to hurt. It does because people are dumb and like people are so, you know, I could post something as Dave. How many millions of Daves are there? Yep. So like it's, it, you can post something as anonymously as you want. When it like kudos for having your actual name as your handle. Sure. As opposed to uh, Pearl Jam 97. Yeah. Pearl Jam 97 says whatever. Exactly. So. Well, and how do you know maybe it's maybe it's somebody just oh, my name, his name's actually Peter, but he's going as John because it's like, well, they don't need to know. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't. Well, that, that ties, unfortunately, you just tied it back into politics. That's yeah. part of the problem with the social media and politics where you are, again, Pearl Jam 97 says, mm-hmm. oh man, I hate the liberals. They're doing the worst thing ever, destroying this country. I have no job. Their fault. Yeah. Hashtag F Trudeau. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, great, but there's no facts in that. You didn't really say anything. You don't have a job. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe you got fired because you were sleeping with your boss's wife. How is that Trudeau's fault? Yeah. But- you can't fit that in 140 characters and you're hiding behind that. And yeah. I had to say that cleanly because I didn't want to have to edit a whole bunch of curse words out. Sure. 
because I have to, because we're a clean podcast on iTunes. Yeah, but we all know if you've ever read the comments, yeah, they're not cleaned up. No. They're not substituted for random food pieces. No. Like, it's F this, F that, racial slur here, religious slur there. Like, it's just, and especially in in modern times, like, yeah. you know, post-2011, when everybody is, you know, it's... What happened in 2011? Or sorry, 2001. 9-11. Uh, post-9-11. Okay. okay. Um, it's like, what did I yeah, miss? No, sorry. 2001, <laughs> post-9-11, they all just, yeah. it kind of merged. Uh, everybody's all over Islam. And, you know, it's just, they're the scapegoat du jour. And, you know, everywhere you turn, people are throwing, like, they're, it's just, it's heinous. It's xenophobia. Yeah. It is. It's 100% xenophobic. But it's yeah. just, when you can hide behind a picture of Morbo... And a name that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're not held accountable. It's not you. It's Morbo. Yeah. Sorry to drag the news monster into this. I love the news monster. I miss but... Morbo. <laughs> Futurama references. Just references all over the place. We talked about Stick of Truth. Yeah, a little bit. So we got a little bit of South Park in there. What are we missing? Family Guy. Yeah. American Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the three big. Well, you talked about Vietnam enough. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> But yeah, like I get, I get what you mean. It has ruined discourse on on that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and it does mean that people can hide behind. But also, it means that they can find communities of people who have the same feelings of them. So yep. sometimes that's why the silent majority is so much more relevant now, I guess, because right. it is the vocal minority that is the loudest on the internet on all issues. Yeah. Look at Yelp. Look at any of those rating things. A restaurant has a bad review or two. Well, yeah. That really matters when I'm checking for stuff. It's like, oh, the food wasn't very good. But some of them, sometimes it's my favorite place. It's just like, oh, it wasn't what I ordered. One star. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, and and, and that's the problem is, do you do you rate a restaurant every time you something good happens? No. Exactly. I don't have time for that. No. And so that's the thing. It's like, oh, this place delivered and their food was great. I'm not going to rate them for that. It's just... That you did your job. Good for you. But... If it's exemplary, maybe I'll I'll throw something on there. Sure. sure but... Eh. But more often than not, it's the person that had a really bad experience that is rating this place. Yes. And yeah. that's who goes in to talk about things. So it's the people who are having, again, politics, bad experiences, who aren't happy that the NDP won Alberta. Yeah. They're the ones who are yelling on everything. But there's a bunch of people who are actually not that upset about how things are going. Yeah. But they're not in those comment sections because they're just going to get sworn at and called and, yeah. and ripped apart yeah. for no good reason yeah. by people who aren't actually using facts or making points. So and the ones the who do, yeah. because there are people who have legitimate grievances with any government, liberal, yeah. NDP, the Democrats in the U.S., fine. Yeah. They get washed out by people who are like trolling, who just sit there and yell over and over and over yeah. and over. No, I agree. So there's these, there are these communities, and if you can find good communities where you can talk to people who think like you do, find a good film community. There isn't one. I've looked. There's, Is that right? There, where have you looked at the IMDb comment threads? They're awful. I, I, I'm sure I've seen a couple of them, but yeah, like the message board forums and stuff. Yeah. Well, and ugly. To be perfectly honest, like I'm a, I'm a part of a couple different Pearl Jam communities. Sure. And it's the same thing. Like even there, like I've found Pearl Jam fans to be some of the most wonderful, gracious, kind, caring people I've ever met. Right. 
But even in these groups, there's still, like, trolls and, like, there's just things being hurled and everybody gets into arguments about this and this and this. And, I mean, it's just like, what's the point? And there will be sometimes where I'll write something up and it's like, you know, when you're mad at somebody, the one of the the suggestions is to write a letter to that person but don't mail it? Yep, and then read it to see if you still feel that way and if you do, then send it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Is that a Family Guy reference where Peter writes a letter to Meg and... It just looks like you spit in it. Do you yeah. have a follow-up? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that anyway. I think well, my first thought was The Simpsons when Homer mailed the letter to Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have often written comments. And it's not because, like, I'm not one, like, I don't, I'm on Twitter's David Ron. That's my yep. first and my middle name. Yep. My, my Twitter picture is a picture of me at a Pearl Jam concert. Yeah. I don't hide behind anonymity because I don't, I typically don't try and, hurl anything and if I do if I do criticize somebody I, I don't care if they know it's me doing it yeah so mine's Sean Cord shortened yeah. version of my my first name and shortened last name exactly Cording, Sean Cordingly is a thing was kind of long and yeah. annoying and it's a picture of me sitting on my couch yeah backlit yeah so I'm not but I don't typically get into flame wars or anything no. like that now, there have been times where I've been on, and it's not just on, on a Pearl Jam group. I'll just been somewhere. You know, somebody will post some asinine status on Facebook or something, and I'll type up this big response, and I'll sit there, and I'll look at it and be like, is it worth hitting enter and suffering the wrath and the frustration that comes along with hitting enter on this? Yeah. No. I, I, I read something recently. It was about... Um, it was a, a camper, and she said... Dear campers, you killed a bear or something. I was like, what? Okay, this is interesting. And so basically it was about these people who didn't follow the campground rules this past summer. And as a result, they had to they had to euthanize a bear because it got domesticated and it got used, used to, to people being food. around. And, yep. and, and so the thing that she kept bringing up is you cooked your food. So I was confused because I didn't know what she meant by that. And so I, I actually commented to the author. I said, you keep bringing up the point that they cooked their food. Part of my ignorance, but is there a specific place that they can cook food? Can you shed some light on this? Because I don't know what you mean by this. I don't know how this has affected the bears. I camp and where I camp, I can cook food yeah. right there. And so yeah. she went, she re- replied to it and responded that there are in at this particular campsite, it's a walk-in, walk-out campsite. There's right. no... There's no and so like there's camp there's places where you can cook your food like a hundred yards away from where you set up your your tents. Oh, okay, so and the so designated cooking area. Exactly, yeah. and so that's what she was referring to is they were cooking at their campsite, not in the designated cooking areas. Like, great, that is wonderful information. Thank you for shedding light on that. But I didn't have to, like I wasn't like oh you can cook food in campsites. It's fine. I do it all the time. I was like. How about you explain this to me so I can be better informed? Because that should have been in the article in the first place. Sure. It should have been because that's got to be clarified because if not, it will get those people who are like, because I do cook yeah. food in my campsites all the time, but I'm not thinking about a walk-in. I'm thinking about a drive-in. Yeah, or... and there were a couple other people who commented something similar to me, and so she explained, she responded to all of us, but all the comments were congenial because it was just like, hey, can you shed some light on this? Instead of just being like, you stupid bee, why, yeah. da, da, da. like, you know, it's not the, it's not our fault that the bear wants, it's just like, there's there's a way to be diplomatic. Yeah. And people just haven't been able to see that and, you know, you, well, I mean, some no, people No, they can, don't but, comment. Yeah. They generally don't comment. Yeah. They, because they just 
don't. They don't want to get involved in no, that. No, what's the point? Because it's there just, is no point. It's just exhausting. Yes. Yeah. You know what the internet has made wonderful? Whenever we've had to look up something when we're having a conversation and we're like, what's the name of the actor in that movie? And I'm like, oh, crap, that's going to bother me for the rest of the day. Because both you and I are old enough to remember a time when that wasn't possible on our phones. Yep. Because that was terrible. <laughs> IMDb. Oh, I love IMDb. Is. Other than the message boards. Sure. <laughs> it, there was a point on my old computer where it was my homepage on my on my internet browser. Yeah. Because I would reference it all the time. Of course. Because you're like, oh, crap. I don't remember who the lead actor in Jaws was. Yeah. I think uh, Yeah. I came across the IMDb completely randomly one day. And I think it was pretty early in its incarnation. Right. I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And it was kind of the old, like, back in the, the was before of the internet. So it was, you know, back not the, the clean, sleek... What's that? Yeah, sorry, I got a South Park oh. reference in my head. Yeah, not the clean, sleek site it is now. It's... Yeah, it was the like almost GeoCities Windows. Yes, yep. exactly. Oh, I Very remember clunky. that one. And and then I remember when I got my first iPhone, and I found that there was an IMDb app. I was like, what? Oh yeah. So it is like on my on my home screen, I have in my top left is my photography. So it's my all my photos, my camera. My Instagram, my Meme Factory, sure. like the next one over is my IMDb yeah. because I use that all the time. Yep. Between IMDb and Google and having that at your fingertips. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. How many times in bars when we were at university would we be having a conversation and it'd be like, what was the name of that thing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so then somebody would have to go home and look it up. Either, you know, at that point you could look it up on. Oh, yeah. Well, you could do it on or computers whatever, but or whatever. Just, but sure. You couldn't do it on your phone and just. You could try, but data was what? Five bucks and. Oh, something like <laughs> just, that. It was oh. just extremely overpriced. Yeah. And... Or you could text something. Remember there were those old services you could text? It's like, what is the name? Again, what is the name of the lead actor from Jaws? And then for a dollar, they'd send oh, you the yeah. answer back. Yeah. Not about that. But just not having to worry about that. Now, granted... It's Roy Scheider, by the way. What's that? It's it's Roy. Roy Schneider? Yeah. yeah. Scheider or Schneider? Scheider? I don't think there's an N. I, don't, I can't remember. Anyway. You know, I was like... I, I was... Th- <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> what did I immediately do? I picked up my phone and I went to... And I'm not that far off. Music, Amazon, my bank, IMDb. Nice. So... While you're looking that up... What Scheider. Was, there's no N. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I was like, I don't think it's Robert Shaw because he's kind of later in the in the thing and like right. he's, And I don't think it's Fun Mr. fact, Holland. I was watching uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, nice. I was watching From Russia with Love. P.S. The Movie Network has all of the James Bonds, all of the James Bonds on demand right now. Oh. Um, and they're doing one a day. Cool. So you, if there's any you're missing, and people half of them, and people out there, if you're um, movie network subscriber in Canada. They have all of the Bond movies right now up in HD. They look gorgeous. I watched From Russia with Love yesterday, one of my favorites, as you can see on the top 25 Bonds on the guysroom.com plug. Cool. And I forgot that Robert Shaw was in it. And I'm Is like, he? oh man, Robert Shaw. Love Robert Shaw. Anyway, sorry, I don't, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is the only problem with having that, uh, that, that information right at your fingertips. Yeah. Is it has taken that ability to reach to reach into the annals of your brain, and pull that random factoid out? Right. I. Tr- 
it has made it like I still try to do it. I still yeah. try if I'm watching a movie and I'll see somebody I'm like, where do I know that person from? And I won't like I'll let it fester until I like eventually every time you see that face, it's like, okay, then you can kind of picture the other costume that they're in in this other movie. And like eventually you kind of get that picture. Right. And so I try to do it without looking it up first. But yeah. eventually, like eventually I'll give up. And it's just like so that, there are just some people. I guess what I'm saying is there are some people who, if they don't know, they immediately go to the to the Google machine. It's like right. I'm going to Google it right now, and I'll find out. It's like I don't want to Google it immediately. I want to know that I can remember that. Sure. And so I guess like it's an advantage and a curse. It's just depending on who you're in in an argument with or who you're in a conversation with. And it's like, but if you need it immediately, like exactly. in your situation, if you're sitting watching a movie with your dog, sure. Scout's not going to turn to you. If she did, it'd be amazing, that but she's not going to turn to you. And yeah. like, who's that? You're like, Whoa, you can talk. Then after that passes, you have to figure out who it is. But when you're by yourself, it's like, Oh man, who is that? Yeah. No, I don't know. I can't remember. And then, Later, either you remember or you're just like, okay, you know what? Fine. IMDb. Yeah. No, that, that sounds about right. Oh, it's Fred Astaire. Okay. I was close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything. We've kind of covered a fairly decent range. Fantasy sports. Good Lord, is it way better with the internet. <laughs> I never played it without the internet, so... Could you imagine, like, the charts and stuff and just having... There'd, there'd be something fun about going to a place and, like, actually sitting down. And if we had, say, 12 friends who all watched the NFL and we mm-hmm. could sit and go to your place and whatever, grab some beer and just, like, actually do a fantasy football draft. Yeah. That would be awesome. But the fact that I can just turn on Yahoo or you and your family pool can yeah. just turn on Yahoo and be like, all right, great, draft, 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 done. Yeah. But and that it's does... going to manage. You don't have to watch the stats yourself. You don't have to do the math yourself. Awesome. Yeah, that is that has made it drastically, significantly easier. Yeah, yeah. And well, just like we keep talking about doing a live draft where we get everybody in the in the the league together to draft, but we would still do it on Yahoo. Yeah, like everybody would still come armed with their own machine, and you would still draft on your machine. But it's to have everybody together would be cool, but. Not do it the old school way. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. I don't know. There'd be something fun about having a board. Yeah. And just like your commission is standing up there and it's like, Dave, who's you've got first overall pick. Who are you taking? Yeah. Okay, great. And then writing down Cam Newton and then moving on. Yeah. Right? That would be pretty cool. And I mean, as long as you could get everybody there together. Yeah. Or not, you Skype them in. There you See? Go. Yeah. Oh, I had one. Oh, Concert tickets, buying concert tickets. Ah, both Mo- easier movie and too. and movie tickets. But concert tickets in particular, it has not ruined that, but it has ruined that. It hasn't ruined it because before you used to have to phone Ticketmaster right at ten and hope that you didn't get put on hold. And like, yep. you know, I would phone. I would have my mom's cell phone, my my dad's cell phone, our house phone. I would just keep using them, whatever, like yep. whatever phones I could use, and just rotate through to try and get these tickets. Now, you just go on to Ticketmaster and you can... Pick your seats. Pick your seats. What it has ruined, though, is the robots and the scalpers who have that way in who can buy hundreds of tickets like that. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I'm thinking most recently to the Tragically Hip. The, you know, how many people couldn't get hip tickets because of all the scalpers and all the the robots that bought them up and, you know, and, and then charged up the wazoo for them. Right. Which is massively annoying, but at the same time, if it's a show like, 
I mean, even if I was buying general admission tickets for Pearl Jam, I feel like I'd be able to get Pearl Jam tickets through Ticketmaster fairly easily. You should be able to, yeah. But, like, yeah, there's there's shows where, you know... Well, and, and part of that is up to Ticketmaster. Yeah. They have to find a way to stop Absolutely. robots from doing that and having yeah. captchas and that sort of stuff where it is you actually physically have to enter. Maybe it's a two-step verification process, whatever, just to stop that from happening. Yeah. And that's on them. When they figure that sure. out, great. Yeah. But it, it has made it, like... You can but do- how nice is it that like I can go get Rogue One's coming? I can preset tickets where I can preset the seat I want, so I don't have to go a week before to try and get tickets. Yeah, standing in a line, you have to take a week off of work. Yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. No, I don't have to wait in line six hours before. Like I remember going to see Return of the King in theaters in my first year, and all of the floor guys that we we went together, we sat in a group, and we were there for the midnight show at five. Because we wanted seats. Yeah. Midnight showing of the first, like of the Return of the King, right? So, yeah. yeah. It makes sense, but it's just that's... We were there at 5. And so... you're coming, you're, it's done at 3.30. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been the extended edition, so... No, no it's, it would have been 4, because I think the extended is 4 and a half hours or something. Extended is 4 and a half, the yeah. movie was 3 hours and 40 something minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, you're leaving at 4 o'clock. Yeah. So that's a that's a eleven hour day just to make sure that you get seats. Yeah. Whereas now it's just like do 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 tap in your info. I want middle high aisle. Yeah. That's where go. I like sitting. Yeah. So I want middle high aisle, and that's yeah. where I get. Done. Yeah. Awesome. Something else the internet's ruined. Mm, it's it's ruined again. Like thinking about Apple Music and iTunes and everything like that, and your ability to sell your own product on iTunes, podcasts, and everything like that. It has certainly revolutionized the music industry. Yep. But it's also kind of killed the music industry because, like, with the iTunes, with the advent of iTunes, a lot of people are putting out singles instead of just putting out albums. And, I mean, that was happening before. It was. Like, a lot of one-hit wonders would put out just singles and the rest of their albums would be junk. But even now, like, there are still, there are bands who used to make really good albums who are putting out just singles now. Yeah. And so... A lot of that is iTunes, you know, people will just buy the singles. Yes. So that is kind of problematic. So it's just music has gone in a different direction. and That's streaming now. Yeah, exactly. It's not even buying stuff on iTunes. I Like, I still do, but I pay for Apple Music. Mm-hmm. So I have everything at my fingertips. Yeah. And I can get some of it offline, and then I can rotate what I want in and out and all mm-hmm. of that. Which, for the way I consume music, is great. And I still am sending stuff to the artists, but I've started to be like, okay... Maybe I should start looking at merch and just being like, okay, I'm going to buy a, a band's t-shirt. Yeah. And that money goes to them because it's their store. They're going to get more out of that than they will at anything else. Exactly. So I'll do that because most of the bands I listen to don't come to Calgary. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So how else can you support them? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Either fly to Vancouver, usually Seattle. Yeah. To see them, which they're not getting that money. Why am I spending that much when I could just be like, hey, I like your band. I'm going to buy a shirt. Totally. And some buttons. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, buy it off their website yep. so you know that it's going to them. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it's been, it's just, like, there's a lot of things where it's both helped and inhibited, it yep. seems. It's know? ruined, like, we've we've stressed this, it's ruined politics. Yeah. It has ruined discourse. Yeah. Pretty much exclusively. It's hurting music and, let's be fair, film, Mm -hmm. because why... Now, this isn't entirely Internet's fault, though. This is also home entertainment technology's fault. Yeah. Why do I want to go see... What's a movie that I don't... uh, The Lobster. 
I'm super excited to see the lobster, but I don't feel like I need to see that big. I have yeah. a big TV and surround sound at my house. Yeah. So I'll get it on demand for five bucks mm-hmm. or a dollar. I'm not spending the also ticket prices here are heinous for what we get. So it's just like, okay, do I want to spend 15 bucks? I want to pick my own seat. Do I, am I going to spend $18, $19 to go see the lobster in theaters? Yeah. Or am I just going to save that for special things, things that I really want to see? Rogue big. One. Rogue One. Yeah. Or Doctor Strange. Huge sure. Doctor Strange fan. Yeah. I'm obviously wanting to see that big. Yeah. But I'm not going to go see The Lobster. I'm not going to go see Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. I'm not going to go see... That was a movie I previewed that Swiss I... Swiss Army Man. Yeah. It would have been fun. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, do I want to spend 13 bucks on that? Or would I rather just direct to them, give them money? If I like it, I'll buy it directly from them. Great. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's like... I mean, the film prices, that that doesn't... I mean, that's that's film... That's production companies. That's, that's theaters. That's like, there's a whole world of what? other things but that has nothing to do with the internet that's just that's a whole broken yeah. system that needs desperately to get fixed to be fair production companies don't set ticket prices but yes i well, see i've heard different things anyway it doesn't not notwithstanding it doesn't really matter that's not the topic yeah, like today is yeah. 20th century fox is not like charge 20 dollars a ticket no but from what i understand what i was told and i don't know how much truth there is to this but i heard that they are getting like they set how much revenue they get from the movie houses and so the movie houses have to drive up their costs in order to at least make money off ticket prices as well. No. All of the their cinemas make their money off of snacks and markup. Well, they that's have to sorry. Send. Yeah, but that's because like what I was saying was like sorry. That's what this guy told me was it's like, you know, cuz production houses like 20th Century Fox will charge like 95%, they'll get like 95% of the ticket sales or well, something like that. It is their product, so yes. Yeah. So, but it's just like, so as a result, in order to try and capitalize on any, anyway, yeah, so that's... Yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, I get what you're saying. That's like, not the production, it's been the same forever since the yeah. monopoly was broken where production companies couldn't run their own movie houses. Right. Because they used to be combined, like MGM oh, owns Lowe's, so MGM movies were at these theaters, and these were at these oh theaters. Oh my god, that'd be even worse. But, well, prices were way lower because it was the 40s, but sure. still. But like... But, like, so then there were, that monopoly was broken. Mm-hmm. But it is – the movie houses are selling somebody else's product. They're sure. the middleman. So, yeah, but it's not like 20th Century Fox was charging 40% and then one day came in and being like, hey, it's now 90 Right, right, it's right. It's always I been that because yeah, it's no. their product. So it's that not their sense. fault. It's because ticket prices keep going up because the movie houses are charging more for basically the same stuff. Unless right. you're getting yeah, things upgraded, right? So if you're getting D-Box, if you're getting AVX, you're getting these new things, it's like, okay, I'm paying a little bit more, but the screen's better, and the projector's yeah. better, and the seats are better. Okay, fine, but there are places here where it's like, okay, it's $16, the seats are falling apart, the screen's 25 years old, Why? what am I paying for? Yeah. And that's not Fox's fault. Right, okay. So it's not like they're saying you have to, you have to charge... Like if the if the movie house decided that they were going to charge five bucks for a ticket, yeah, Fox would still be getting four fifty out of that, right? But they're not saying it's not like they're saying we have to have this much money per. Yeah, I they're not okay. saying okay, you owe us eight million dollars over the run of this movie. That's right. ridiculous. It's it's all based on sales, like ticket sales, right? So okay, so it's not like okay, so the the movie house doesn't pay like just a flat rate like $20,000 for this movie and then cuz that's how that's always how I figured it was like they pay 
you know, like the the Cineplex in in Crowfoot right. pays twenty thousand dollars for Rogue One, and right. then obviously it's going to be more than that, I'm sure. But like, well, you're also saying one Cineplex, whereas Cineplex as a company would be paying right. Okay, but we'll just okay. So a hundred thousand dollars for all of the ones in Calgary, whatever. Whatever. It's like yeah, and so are they. Are they paying that much? Like, I assume that there's a set level that the the movie companies will sell it to the cinemas for. Or is that not right? Is it more just like a... Now you're getting into where this would be a longer conversation. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's have this conversation sometime else. If you guys like. Yes. Yeah. Or off podcast. We could have a conversation off the podcast, Whoa. I suppose, Whoa. if we have to. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's just... So, short answer is it's not so much like MGM or Fox's fault that movie ticket prices here right for basically the same experience but because of our dollar it goes up a little bit sure but at the same time I've talked about this with you before the Arclight in LA it's eight bucks a ticket for a better experience than you're getting at Eau Claire right so that's what well and that's, that's... and I know that because of the internet <laughs> way to bring it back <laughs> So, answer to your question is no. It's not ruining it's everything. It's not ruining everything. But Surprisingly, it, I thought as soon as I thought heard this, I was like, yeah, it is. Everything sucks because of the internet. No. But it's just... But it's ruining some stuff. It really is ruining some stuff. And some important things. Yes. Well, that's it. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions, just like we did today, or have a good old chat. Want to talk to us on Twitter? Dave can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. I can promise you he's actually there. I can be found at Sean Cord. That's Sean with you. And we are at Guys From Podcast. That means you talk to both of us at the same time. Whoa! Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at the guys from, and we recently just got an official page. It's no longer that long string of numbers. It's now facebook.com backslash the guys from. Yeah. Invent a time machine, travel back in time, and carve a message to us in Mount Rushmore that is already there. That way they never made that weird president mountain. Great. If you enjoy the guys from podcast, tell your friends, tell your family. You know what? Tell strangers on on a train, on a plane. Sure. <laughs> Talked yourself into a corner there. I was going to try you? to come up with another rhyme, but I was like, ah, uh, I got nothing. Plane, train. While you're Crane. harvesting grain, <laughs> teach the name to parrots. Only you can help our podcast grow. Also, give us a rating, a review on iTunes. Everything you do helps, and we would really appreciate it. So anything you want to do, give us just just let us know that you're liking the the podcast, and we'll keep churning out episode after episode after episode. Yep, we're available on pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. That includes Player FM, that includes Podbean, and it also includes Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? This is going completely off the tracks. When was the last time you demolished a big old bag of salt and vinegar chips? Never. I don't like them. Hey, listeners, when was the last time you guys demolished a big old bag of salt and vinegar chips? To be fair, Dave pointed at me, so I felt like I should answer. Yeah. I only ask this because at my house right now, there's a big bag with my name on it, and that's what I'm going to get into as soon as I get home. Did you physically write your name on it? No. Could you do that and then tweet it <laughs> with at guys from podcast? Sure. It's also half-eaten at this point, so it'll have to be... Anyway. Whatever. Yeah. It's like you already ate some of it and yeah. then wrote your name on it. That way your dog doesn't eat the rest while she's exactly. talking to her friends. Scout. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's my plug. Sean? On our website, theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this very on-topic podcast this week, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every Tuesday, throwback tracks every Thursday. We're going to get back into writing about movies and sports. I know the Patriots are coming up, so Dave might ramble a bit about how he's feeling about that. And we already mentioned it. We have just finished the top 100 Simpsons episodes hey, of all time. Sean, where can I find all that again? www.theguysfrom.com Oh, yeah. Okay. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And to start getting ready for Halloween, it's closer than you think. And also, I just started reading a series of manga that I thought I'd like to point out. It's called 20th Century Boys. It's kind of like a mix of Stand By Me and a suspense thriller, told in multiple perspectives, where it's from the adult's point of view, trying to remember the adventure they had as kids because it's affecting what's happening now. So it's it's really good. Cool. Special thanks to the Sweets for our wonderful opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. Also, special thanks to anybody who's been starting to tell me about new podcasts to listen to. I don't know if they've heard the podcast and have just decided that I need more to listen to, but I've had a few different people tell me about new podcasts. So I've got a queue going and I'm starting to get into some. So hopefully I'll have more to talk about soon. Nice. Mm-hmm. This has been episode 132 of the Guys From Podcast, the Tartan Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Taking us out this week is The Left Behinds and their song Streetlight Owl. You can check them out at theleftbehinds.ca. Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us an MP3 or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along. As you can tell from our Tuesday tunes, we're big fans of the indie community, and we want to lend our support. Our email address to send that mp3 to is guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by listeners like you. Listeners like you are the only reason we keep doing this. That and these delicious tote bags. Look at this great tote bag, Dave. Ooh.
I wish I could fly like you 